0: Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. This is your host, Rainbow. Ball. I've been doing public speaking, it feels like my whole life, and for me, it's natural. But lots of people look at speakers and think, ooh, that's not me. But you know what? It is. And that's the topic we're going to explore today. To help me have this conversation, I've invited Tina Bakehouse to join me. And you may remember that Tina was with me a few years ago. We had a great conversation about starting stories in the middle. And we're going to pick up a little bit on the conversation where we left off. But if you missed that conversation, what you should know about Tina is she is the founder of Tina B, where she provides public speaking, coaching, and communication consulting. She's been doing this for more than 20 years, teaching in university as a TEDx speaker and as a coach, and as an author of a new book, The Magnetic Speaker Within. Tina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much,
1: Lorraine. It's wonderful to be here. I'm excited to have another conversation with you.
0: I am so excited because we had a lot of fun last time, and I really like this topic because People do have preconceived notions about what makes a good speaker, and you break down a lot of those.
1: I do. In my book, Discovering Our Magnetic Speaker Within, I really believe that we can all discover that inner magnetism, so I first define being magnetic as... It is intentional that we all lead with our passion to communicate, and we do so with our words, our voice, our bodies, our energy, and overall essence to make that impact we desire. And so this book really highlights getting into the magnetic mind, message, and mechanics.
0: Okay, so let's unpack that a little bit. What is the magnetic mind? How do I create that so more people want to hang out and listen to me? Yeah,
1: well, I would say first, I really explore not only our temperament, our inner DNA of how we're born. What is that core value that drives you to make the choices to communicate in a certain way? And I also look at our authentic versus our conditioned self from a psychological point of view and how our brains work. So self-awareness is really, really important, as well as having that mindset. What you say about yourself how you think about yourself is how you show up in the world. That's That to me is the true essence of the who that you are.
0: And I want to go off on kind of a little side note, because there was something that you said before we went online that really resonated with me. And it was this idea that we think, or we have this bias, that extroverts make better speakers. And that mindset, I think, prevents a lot of Really interesting people from getting out there and talking. I absolutely agree with you, Lorraine. In fact, it,
1: it, to me, magnetism starts at the heart. And we as human beings love to label. And I think we get obsessed with talking about introversion, extroversion the most, but it's really the least important. In fact, I've coached a lot of introverts who are very passionate and can speak very loudly and proudly. It's an introvert does not mean I'm shy, I'm quiet. Shyness is different than introversion. Mm -hmm. It's really how do you advocate for your energy? Where do you charge your batteries? Mm -hmm. So if you are truly tapping into a topic that matters to you, then guess what? It's going to matter to your audience. And so that's what the key is, is finding the topic, the insight, the information that matters to you and bring it out and do so with warmth, with charisma. And you don't have to be a loud Tony Robbins type. I mean, think of the impact Gandhi made with his silence Mm -hmm. and it, it, even Nelson Mandela. So there's a lot of speakers out there that have,
0: have a presence that's that's more
1: introverted in nature.
0: Was it Winston Churchill, speak softly but carry a big stick? <laughs> yes, I believe so. Yes. There is, I think, an advantage to speaking softly because it encourages people to lean in. Absolutely.
1: In fact, that contrast with your voice is really what, where people choose to listen to you more. I think about my years of teaching high school speech as well as college. I did that for almost two decades. And if I was loud the whole time, guess what? They're going to get desensitized. It was when I brought my voice down that they're like, ooh, Professor Bakehouse means business. But think about that vocal dynamics, right, of how we listen to music and why we love good music is the variety of our vocal tone. And so absolutely, it's the variability of how we use that tone that makes
0: the difference. Awesome. Well, I want to go back to your your three M's, and I want to drop into the second one, which was message. Right. How do you construct or use your message to attract people to you?
1: Well, the message is really important in that we, we as speakers have the responsibility to select and arrange information that makes sense, not just to ourselves, but more so to be audience centered. It's about them. And so I talk about it's having an awareness. Are you informing, persuading, motivating? Because that impacts how you order your message. And so I give some strategies for ways in which you can organize that information. You want to hook your audience. You want to provide story because we love going through that struggle with you as the storyteller and be on that journey together. Humor is great and we all have a sense of humor. It just shows up differently and embracing that and looking at flow getting into like uh, the speaker flow and mindset where you tap into being fully present in the moment with your audience.
0: Awesome. And then once you have tapped into your passion, that's where you're getting your energy. You've You've got your mind right. You have your message. You know what you want to say, when you want to say. Now you've got to bring in mechanics. How does that work?
1: Well, mechanics is sort of the icing on the cake, pardon the cliche, right? It's how it looks, sounds, and feels to your audience, not only vocally, but physically. It's the overall energy that you bring to the table. And I think what also it's being intentional of tapping into the different learning styles. We have audible learners who love a great story and analogies. We have visual learners who love pictures and props and visual aids. And then we have our kinesthetic learners who love movement and raising your hand and getting engaged with the speaker by shouting things out. So if you can embrace those different things and then tap into how you show up, that yes and improvising way of being, it really makes for a beautiful dance of conversation with your audience. So I always think about if once I've got the information created, I go into a speaker ritual of practice and I chip away at it. So it's it's sitting in my brain and I speak in different ways of being whether it's in conversation with a spouse, walking my dog, etc. And play with certain sentences and separate, have long break up with short phrases, etc., and work your voice in a melodic way. And then same with your body where you bring in gestures. The best head talks that have the highest rankings are those that gesture immediately and draw their audience in with both their, their body language as
0: well as their voices and words. Oh, that is so true. And I love that you hit on this idea of practicing and practicing pieces of it. One of the challenges I had when I was an early speaker is I'd always start the practice at the beginning, which was great if it was a 10 minute talk. It was disastrous (laughs) if it was an hour presentation because I I never really worked on the end, which is the piece that you're leaving your audience with. And that's the fault of a lot of speakers, right? That's where you can advocate
1: for change. You can call them to action. You want to leave with something that just truly lands with your audience and resonates with them. And too many times speakers trail off or say, do you have any questions? And what they need is a very poignant thought. Think in a bumper sticker, six to eight words, that really strong phrase. You know, I think of let the story do the work. Mm -hmm. And that's how you communicate for results. Like some sort of phrase that hooks them into going, yes, and it's your phrase, it's what your talk is about, and it draws them in to continue the conversation beyond your talk.
0: Which is the perfect segue to where we are in the conversation now. If you wanted to put a bow around this conversation, what do you want to leave this audience with? Well, what an appropriate
1: thing to say around holiday time, right? A bow around it. I would say your words and your essence, your message is a gift to your audience. And if you make it about them, if you're truly audience centered and you place them at the heart of your idea, your message, you not only can change the landscape, change a life, but you can change the world. Because if you're, if you have something you care about, whether it's agriculture, mental health,
0: if you're not talking about it, change won't happen. Amazing. Thank you so much, Tina. This is fabulous. Thank you for being a part of the show. Oh, I, I so appreciate,
1: Lorraine, and I always love that you get to the essence of an idea in a short amount of time, and that is what it's all about, is get to the heart of the message.
0: Absolutely. And I will say that you are up for the challenge of answering those questions. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I always love them.
0: <laughs> if you you have enjoyed Tina's comments. If you want to learn more about her, if you are interested in getting a copy of her book, there will be links in the show notes so you can do both. And if you're looking for other resources for your business, be sure to check out our toolbox. Look for MTFW wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.